Hello and welcome to the Crypto Masters Podcast, helping the general public to master an understanding of crypto assets. My name is Brian McCoy. And my name is Ross Eaton. And we are the, the Crypto, Crypto Masters. episode is Filecoin. So this week we'll be looking into the world of decentralized file storage and sharing. And Filecoin is also known as the Airbnb of cloud storage. Oh, exciting stuff. Well put, Brian. Yes. Well put. <laughs> so a quick reminder, our goal here at the Crypto Masters is to provide information about crypto assets to help you, the public, decide if it's something that you may want to invest in, do further research on your own, we generally look at projects to determine if they'd be good for a long-term investment. Yeah, Brian, and we also get to discuss interplanetary file systems. Wow. So, you know, this podcast is going to be huge. It's interplanetary. Um, but we're, also, we're, we, huge. we're big. That's we're, big. We're big. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we provide information about different crypto assets to allow you, the listener, to make your own financial decisions. Uh, we not are not financial advisors, so... This is not financial advice, but we want to give you the uh, the start you need to really just research on your own um, and really focus towards that long term investment for you. So, all right, let's get into it. Disclaimers out of the way. Uh, so Filecoin, you know, unlike a lot of projects with Filecoin, it's, it's kind of descriptive. It says what it's about. Filecoin equals files. And so that's um, that's what Filecoin is all about. You can. Think Amazon Web Services, uh, think Google Cloud, think Dropbox. So Filecoin is the uh, crypto, the decentralized version of those products. Brian, I like files. Yeah, well, there you go. And, and we're there. So <laughs> Filecoin is a decentralized storage network based on the interplanetary file storage protocol, like Ross mentioned earlier. So we'll probably refer to that as uh, IPFS is the protocol that it's based on it's designed to utilize unused storage globally in an efficient storage market for users to pay low storage costs the objective is to ensure that file storage is permanent and distributed across the web so let's put that in a little bit more simple language um, there's people and companies have some unused uh, space on their hard drive filecoin and its crypto competitors allow that otherwise unused storage space to be used by someone who needs it. And the person with the unused space gets it, gets paid for it, gets paid for what otherwise would be unused, and the person who needs it gets it for less money than using some of the other services like Amazon or, Amazon or Dropbox. It's a win-win scenario, Ross. Win-win-win. I like it. <laughs> so, yeah, let's talk about the need for a decentralized storage solution of... And of course, there's a cost of storage on these giant company servers like a Dropbox. They're going to have this massive, um, you know, storage or server farm hosting these files. Um, but just like we've discussed so many times in this podcast, there's a tremendous benefit to decentralization. It's almost just, uh, you know, the decentralized versus centralized battle. It's just, it's just unfair, Brian. To be, to be <laughs> truthful, it's just, it's just better tech, in my opinion. Uh, so think about it. You know, centralized storage solutions are just targets for uh, vulnerable attacks, too. It's a central point of failure. 
Um, and it's a bullseye. It's a bullseye. It is a. We've big got all this valuable data stored right here in this one place, hackers. Yeah, don't don't touch that. Don't touch <laughs> that right there. You can try. It's gonna be. I it's mean, it's point. hard. You know, not anyone can do it, of course. But um, I mean, just like Dropbox in 2016, Brian, um, it was hacked, and 68 million accounts for compromise that's you know just a couple and i'm sure mine was one of them because i had stuff on dropbox back I, then. I might have too yeah oh yeah and um and you know this is just like if you've got sensitive or valuable data on these servers that's uh that's crucial um and that's really bad you know um hopefully you're not putting sensitive uh data out there but you know who knows well, you got data and you have to store it sometimes it's sensitive you know it, well ooh. i could have you know could have uh Trade secrets and things like that. Exactly, yeah. Um, but, you know, decentralized storage solutions like Filecoin use a decentralized blockchain. It takes data, it encrypts it, and then breaks it into smaller chunks and distributes it, distributes it to multiple nodes on the network. So there's no central point of vulnerability. Only one person with the private key can reassemble the pieces to view the data in its entirety. Um, so I'm almost kind of thinking of... Um, uh, BitTorrent in this way, it's it's a similar approach. Yeah. Um, but tr I truly believe, you know, decentralized file storage system is just an unfair fight. I mean, you really, um, it, it's just a better piece of tech. Well, the way, and the way you describe it, you can just see the value, right? It's not even like, uh, let's say I have, you know, unused storage space on my hard drive. It's not like they take somebody's data and put it all there. Oh, yeah. They um, split it up, which seems to have additional security benefits. So, you know, great concept. Exactly. Uh, a little bit more about the, the mechanics of Filecoin. It does have its own blockchain. So it's not a, you know, ERC-20 or something that's built on Ethereum. It has its own blockchain. And that blockchain is built on top of IPFS. Um, it has its own consensus mechanisms. And they're called proof of replication and proof of space time. This is something new, Brian. Can you it, it can is. you explain more? It's pretty it's pretty straightforward. I mean, we're not going to get into the details of how it works, but from a from a basic level, proof of replication is the miner or the person storing it has to prove I actually have that, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and then proof of space time actually requires the miner to prove that he or it still has that same piece of data. So I look at that proof of space time as, as kind of like a periodic audit or checkup to prove that it's still being stored um, yeah. on the, you know, with the, the person or entity that says they're storing it and is getting, you know, paid for that storage. So that's the, uh, uh, th that's the uh, consensus mechanism for Filecoin, quite different than others that we've discussed before. And, and Filecoin does have something that's called mining. It's, you know, just, again, very different from the mining that we normally think of. In this case, yeah. the mining is, uh, for the most part, is simply storing um, or allowing the storage on the hard drive. That's the mining. Those miners get paid for allowing the use of the hard drive. It does not, to be a miner, though, does have a certain hardware requirements. Mm -hmm. uh, miners also are required to stake the native token called Phil, F-I-L. Always want to say file, Brian, but yeah, Phil. It is, it's Phil. I'll probably slip up during this podcast, so just, <laughs> just warning. <laughs> so this is our first mention of the native token, which is Phil. And so miners um, use it, and they have to stake that in order to be a miner. And then, you know, in the case of other projects we've heard, in the case of bad behavior, that um, that stake can be slashed. So it encourages good faith good behavior and discourages bad behavior. 
the minor rewards also are paid in fill. Um, and of course, those rewards are dependent on, on how much storage space the miner is providing. Um, also, miners get fill from the clients who are using storage space. So there's a couple of ways there to get fill. Um, and then there's also a different type of miner called retrieval miners, whose job is somewhat obvious. Uh, they retrieve data for a particular client. So kind of an interesting setup there. Yeah, very interesting. Um, so let's get into the tokenomics of fill. Uh, fill is deflationary in the long term, which uh, should make money signs appear in my eyes right now. But um, fill tokens are burned to pay for storage fees, um, but maximum supply of almost 2 billion fill and circulating supply of 67 million. Um, yeah, that's quite a bit. So a very small amount in circulation and a very large amount yet to be issued. Um, and the Filecoin Foundation has 5% of that total amount. Okay. And we'll talk about that, I think, at least I will a little bit uh, at, at the end, because I think that's an interesting uh, aspect of it, is the, is the tokenomics of it. Yeah, very interesting. Let, let's talk about the history uh, of Filecoin. Protocol Labs is the is the sort of the entity behind this. It um, Pro Protocol Labs was founded in 2014. The project Filecoin was founded by Protocol Labs and its leader Juan Bennett, and he's the same person, same company that created IPFS. So you can see the the overlap there. Mm. The ICO for Filecoin was in August of 2017. It had a very good raise, I think, over 200 million. The mainnet was launched on October 15th of 2020. So Filecoin does have competitors, ones that we've not, we've not done a show on any other uh, uh, you know, file storage uh, coin or token, but um, SIA, uh, we've looked into these, I've looked into these, SIA, mm -hmm. uh, and yeah. it's SIA coin and storage or storage uh, are, are substantially similar to Filecoin. Um, Arweave yeah. is similar. So it does have competitors, but Filecoin has by far the biggest market cap. Yeah. And Filecoin has the most active users among all of these uh, tokens in the space and uh, has the largest storage capacity. So, but, but on the other hand, the initial stake requirements to be a miner um, and some other entry requirements, I think, for the hardware are higher for Filecoin than its competitors. So it can be mm -hmm. a little bit little bit more burdensome to get in on the uh on the mining of it yeah for sure and um brian i just want to say you know everyone's got their competitor competitors and it seems that file filecoin is just way out ahead of any one of its competitors in the market right now um just a quick note but filecoin is art also partnered with LivePeer, which is a decentralized video streaming platform built on ethereum um, and what's pretty cool is they're launching a pilot program where Filecoin miners can also become live peer video miners, um, which as a miner, which as a miner, I'm very interested in this. Um, not sure that I'll do it, but I'll, something to look into later on down the road. I'm just, I'm honestly just making a good amount on Ethereum right now while I can. Um, so down the road, I might switch. Um, but yeah, not... Um, it's just really cool that you can double dip, so to speak, um, while you're mining on f the Filecoin network and also earning some live peer tokens there as well. So yeah. pretty, pretty similar cool. to merge mining that we've discussed. Yeah, before, very similar. Mm -hmm. Yep. <coughs> Excuse me. 
So fairly recently, uh, Filecoin came out with something called Filecoin Plus. Um, it's meant to address uh, a flaw that allowed miners to store their own data and receive fill. So uh, this was addressed using an improvement protocol. Um, mm -hmm. Filecoin Plus is actually more than that, but you know that is something that it did. It sort of showed that they have protocols in place to, to correct yeah. and improve. Um, Filecoin has had a couple of fairly serious issues since its launch. Um, at one point after the launch, the blockchain actually went down for a while. Um, okay. Fortunately, no data was lost and they, they got it back up and running, I think, in about four hours. Um, but it was a bit of a concern. Also, yeah. there was a confirmed double deposit from Filecoin onto Binance. It's not really clear what happened. I think they're still looking into it, or they certainly did look into it. Mm -hmm. But yeah. no, that's not the same as a double spend. A double spend, as we know, is a very serious concern. I mean, this was as well, but I believe it's uh, not as serious as a concern as a double spend. So just wanted to point out there have been a couple hiccups um, with the network. Some big news yeah. recently, though, Ross, um, is Grayscale announced that it will issue a Filecoin trust to be yeah. traded, you know, on the stock market. We've all heard of uh, Grayscale's BTC, GBTC is huge. Um, yeah, that's that's big news. Yeah, and it, and then of course it had the uh, uh, the expected response once Grayscale announced that there was a nice run up on the price of Filecoin. Um, so that's that's very positive for the for the token. For the hey, coin. some people are saying the gray is the new gold. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> oh, okay. So now we've mentioned all this cool stuff about Filecoin and how can you, you can store your files in a decentralized manner. So you're probably asking yourself, okay, Ross, Brian, how the heck do I do this? Well, it's relatively simple. Um, Filecoin has a couple of offerings. And just to take a step back here, um, the Filecoin protocol is really the, the infrastructure, the, the back-end way of how these files are going to be distributed and stored. So you as the user need an application or a portal for you to be able to do this, you know, drop your, um, your Word docs, your, your text files, all, all that good file stuff on there. So um, they have, there's a couple applications for you to be able to do this, and it's all I'll link it all in the description for you here. But one of them is Slate. Um, you can upload content straight from your browser. You get four gigabytes of storage right out of the box. Um, there's Chainsafe, which is my personal favorite. It's got that Dropbox feel to it. Um, you can you know, create folder structures, stuff like that, just like Dropbox, and drop your files in there. I'm going to be storing my files there. And um, I think you get 20 gigs of storage um, right right out of the box at that one. And you you know just sign up, create an account, connect your wallet. I just did MetaMask because you know, I'm not too concerned with what's in my MetaMask wallet, to be honest. But you can connect your own wallet there. Um, and there's also a Space Store, which I haven't really used, but just another, um, you know, another application that might tickle your fancy when it comes to file storage for Filecoin. Yeah, um, I, I haven't stored anything on them yet, but I have looked at the the apps, and it's just very user friendly. It, it's it's something that the, the public is familiar with. Like like you said, you know, kind of looks like a Dropbox. It's um, yeah, yeah. You know, we, we talk about the back end of it, which you know sounds pretty daunting, but for the actual users, it's 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 pretty user. -friendly. Oh yeah, it's a super easy feel to it for sure, and I just. Being a computer scientist myself, a computer nerd, I just I feel like I have to put a little disclaimer out there. For me, you know, if you're going to use Filecoin or Dropbox or anything, just make sure you back up your data. I 
I have stuff saved on Drive and Dropbox and ChainSafe, but I've still got an external hard drive locally just for backups, and I also never store sensitive data on stuff like this. Just, just a disclaimer. Good uh, idea. From one computer nerd to possibly another. Good suggestion, yeah. Ross. And you know <laughs> what? It's time for final thoughts. Oh, cookie. <laughs> and you are up first on Ooh. this podcast for Ross's final thoughts on Filecoin. Yep, um, I'm up first, Brian, and I I really like this project. It's got a real world use case that's you know you can easily users can easily get set up and running for. So I, I see this user base of the Filecoin system really growing. Um, the tokenomics are good. Um, it's deflationary, which I mean, if you're wanting something to hedge against the dollar, the dollar is inflating. This is deflating. Uh, honestly, for an investment, this looks like a good bang for your buck. Again, not financial advice or anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really liking this, and I feel as though you know some projects we mention. It's kind of difficult for you to kind of um, grasp at first. Um, you know, if you're talking about Cosmos or Polkadot, it's like, how does a user get involved for this system? You know, obviously there's tons of use cases out there going forward, but Filecoin, it's straightforward. It's a file storage system. You can log in, create an account, bam, bam, you're good to go. Um, yep. This one, I, I give it an A++. Ooh, wow, yeah. strong, strong. Strong, Brian. And, All right. Oh yeah, that Grayscale people, Whoever they are, they're getting involved. Oh, yeah. yeah like it. That's true. They, <laughs> they seem to know what they're doing. Um, okay. One thing we didn't mention is, is where to buy it. We usually talk about that, um, but that's not much of an issue for, uh, for Filecoin. It's on Coinbase Pro. It's on Binance. It's, it's easy to buy. So I yeah, did just want to mention that. Good mention. Good mention, yeah. Brian. So um, say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to parrot you in a little bit, Ross, because I really love the real world utility of this. I mean, for sure. it's already being used. It has a lot of partnerships. It, it has capital. Um, the long has long-term plans, and it has very good plans. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a very good chance of success. There is some good competition. I think Seacoin and Storage are, are both good projects. We haven't done our deep dive yet, so I don't know enough about them to say that, other than I know enough that they're also good projects. But this is clearly the leader. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. Filecoin is the leader and it's well-funded. So that makes it very formidable. For me, the gray area is, um, is tokenomics. Um, so there's currently the, the supply um, versus the total amount. I think we said uh, 2 billion is the total and something like 63 million. So it's a small percentage. So uh -huh. there's a lot left to be issued, which normally for me would be a concern, right? Because, you know, we all go back to, uh, to Bitcoin and, you know, the scarcity is one of the main drivers. There's only going to be 21 million ever and blah, blah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, which, which is true. But so here it's kind of interesting because there is a big, um, amount yet to be issued and yet i understand there's actually some scarcity right now because the miners have to stake a certain amount and there's not that much on the exchanges and they're having trouble uh getting it but but then long term you see that there's a lot left unissued and so the fully diluted market cap is actually more than the market cap of ethereum mm -hmm. so You've got a concern there, but then also there's a release schedule and a minting schedule, which is like up to 30 years. So 
you know, I, which means it's not going to all get dumped at once um, by any means. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I, but I guess my only thing is I don't have a full grasp of the tokenomics really and how that will work. Um, you know, in generally, if I see, you know, a market cap of, of two billion and only, you know, 63 million issued, that's that's a red flag. But in this case, it's not necessarily, but you just have to sort of do some crunching on how that would, would affect it. So, yeah, for sure. anyways, um, in general, though, it's a great project. I mean, I, I agree with you. The utility of this can't be disputed. Um, it's great for the crypto world to have a project like this. That's real world. It's undeniable that this, ha this has a lot of utility and that's actually being used. It's like, so, you know, that's just great for the crypto industry. So, you know, final thoughts as far as investing. This is absolutely investable. And I probably will invest. My, my current plan is, I'll pro I have not right now, but I think I will probably invest some fairly soon and then watch for possible catalysts, you know, okay. to invest more. But um, in general, I say great project, you know, kudos to the team for, for doing this for the crypto space. And yeah, I, I give it an A also. Oh, yeah. So that's an average of an A. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, another very interesting uh, project in the crypto world, and we'll have another one on the next podcast, Ross. Absolutely, Brian, and I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, if you guys like this episode, like, comment, tell us what you want us to cover next. Yep, we'll be here to cover something else, and I'm, my guess is it'll be pretty interesting. Absolutely. Brian. All right, thanks, everybody.